just, I didn't find, I, I feel like I've truly found my passion and I don't know if, if I would say calling that might be a bit much, but I, I truly found what I want to do the rest of my life or, or at least something in this space. So uh, to the point is I spent my, basically all of my twenties uh, being lazy, coming in at noon, walk, going through the motions at my job. And I didn't find my passion until I was 32, 33 years old. Uh, and I want to, I want to really emphasize this because I get a lot of my you know viewers on YouTube Especially, I have, a, I have a video called "Too Old." To, you know, are you too old to code? Uh, and a lot of responses on that are like, "I'm 23. I thought I was too old." And I just like laugh. I don't laugh <laughs> in their face, but I'm just like, "What? Right. Are you serious?" Uh, and then I, you know, I obviously I respond. So reading through that, if you do want to check out that video, it's called "Are You Too Old to Code" on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/SeanAllen. Even if you don't watch the video, like read through the comments because there's a lot of people in there telling their stories. Of, you know, I started at 45 or, you know, here I am at 50 and uh, it's a lot of good stories in there. But again, I want to emphasize many, many people think it's over at 24 and that is just crazy. to me. The champ is here. Hey, 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 welcome back. Season three. Man, I'm excited. Got some special guests coming up. Uh, got some awesome stories coming up and got some fantastic lessons coming up. Uh, really appreciate everyone joining me along this journey. And without further ado, here we go. Hello, devs. Welcome back for a, another episode of the 100 Days of Code podcast super 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 excited for you guys to join me upon a, another episode this continuous journey this continuous train we have here and so guys girls I have a special guest sean sean allen man how you doing pretty good how about yourself marlon i'm doing great man how's the weather over there in california yeah, same as it always is 60 and sunny. That's what I, it's not just California though. It's this little pocket of San Francisco. It's, I don't know the way the Bay is, it's just a little microclimate where it's always 60 and sunny, a little foggy sometimes, but if it, if it hits 70 degrees, it feels like a heat wave and I start complaining. <laughs> like I'm so, so spoiled. And I, I know you live in South Florida. I used to live in Florida myself in, you know, hundred degree weather all the time. Now I feel very weak for complaining about 70 degree weather, but uh, you <laughs> off it quickly. So it was two things. I uh, I was in San Francisco like two, three years ago, and it was my first time over there. And when I went over there, it was like a Sunday or something. And um, I was walking out. We decided we didn't want to take the train. We just want to walk the entire way. It was the dining where the Giants played. We just kept walking. And so uh, it's going. I think it was like the it was coming past the Oakland Bridge, I believe it was. Yep, and so, yeah, I'm looking and like everybody's out running and exercising, having fun. I'm like, okay, you guys are full of it. Somebody know that we're tourists and they kind of want to show off for the city. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's like I know it's not like this every day. And it was like the weather was great, you know, and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's like a movie. 
<laughs> yeah, it's because I actually live right on that road you're talking about. It's called the Embarcadero, uh, oh, wow. and I live right near the ferry building. So I walk like I walk on that road every day to work, and it does make you question things. Like you said, you see everybody's jogging, and it's like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, it is. A, yeah, if you're self-conscious about that, it's probably not the best place to live because, yeah, it'll make you question some things. <laughs> yeah, or, or get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. motivation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. So it's, um, you know, and, and then, of course, like down in, you know, South Florida, it's, you know, it doesn't pretty much drop below 70 degrees. And if it does somehow and it's like 65 degrees, man, the over-exaggeration is real. Like, you'll see snow boots, a oh, fur yeah. coat. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, first of all, you're going to the beach. Like, <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. like come on. Like, it's cold. Like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so, no, I definitely, I definitely understand it, man. Um, so, Sean, man, um, uh, for, so, I've been, um, I've been following you personally uh, for a while, but before we, uh, before I kind of give my two cents, I, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself, man, for the people that have no clue who Sean Allen is, um, you know, who, who's Sean? Yeah, so, <clears throat> so I'll kind of give the Cliff Notes version of the story, because I'm assuming we're going to dive in, but I'm a self-taught uh, iOS engineer specializing in Swift out here in San Francisco slash Silicon Valley. I've spent my career at, you know, smaller startups uh, here in the Valley and also doing some independent contracting. Uh, again, I've been doing it for about three years, self-taught, did a boot camp, got hired. That's the, the cliff notes. And uh, yeah, I just started a YouTube channel about a year and a half ago. And that's, that's how Marlon you know, started following me. And it was basically just to teach people Swift. And it was coming from the perspective of uh, people that have no prior programming experience because that was what I did. I didn't have a computer science background. I wrote my first line of code at, I believe, I always mix this up. Sometimes I say 32, sometimes I say 33. Can't exactly remember. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, I was not a young buck. And uh, so I, I kind of wanted to have this channel to, to teach people to code and show them that like, even if you're in your mid 20s, late 20s, early 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, it's not too late to start. And learning how to code was a life changing thing for me vastly improved my life and uh yeah it's one of the best decisions i ever made so i wanted to share that on the youtube channel and uh that's kind of the gist of it i'm sure we'll dive in yeah man so and that and yeah you're right that that is how i came about i don't even remember what i was searching for or whatever i, I don't remember what it was uh but yeah i definitely came across and um so you know the first thing what's funny because <clears throat> you know as humans we look at things too that can relate to us um like we naturally look for that um you know so the first thing I saw, um, the first thing I saw was one of your videos. I think, I think you had like a warrior shirt on, or it was like a basketball shirt or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's like 90% of the video. So, <laughs> right. Right. So I'm like, Hmm. And so I watched like two, I think I watched like one or two videos and then I saw the video of like your story. And at this time I was, at the time I've been kind of like, dibbing into it so I like I knew like little basic stuff and you know how to kind of get away with certain things and even how to talk to developers and stuff and so I was mostly just kind of like you know the kid at the edge of the pool with their feet in like <laughs> you know just yeah, don't, yeah. don't want to fully want to dive in and so once I saw you know your story which we're about to dive into now uh it really gave me the confidence to you know do so because like I said you know neither you know you nor I was you know a young buck when we got started um so yeah uh so real quick sean uh give me something positive man that's happened to you let's say within the last week or so 
Well, you told me I'm not allowed to talk about what just happened, which is the Apple event, which I'm super pumped about. <laughs> so we'll, we'll skip over that. Um, but something, it's going to sound self-promotional, but I did just launch a podcast uh, with another Swift developer named Paul Hudson. Uh, we just literally launched it yesterday. So we were like super pumped about that. We've been working on it for a while, recorded an episode. And uh, so my focus has been on YouTube, mostly just making videos. Uh, but this new podcast is kind of a new venture. So I'm super, super excited about it. And uh, the reception was very well, because again, Paul's very well known in the uh, iOS slash Swift space. I'm starting to get a little known. So uh, us kind of combining forces uh, cause a lot of excitement and super excited to launch that and, and see where that goes and start building that. Because as we are all programmers or aspiring programmers, deep down, we just like to build stuff, right? I like mm -hmm. to build my apps. I like to build my YouTube channel. And now I get to try to build this uh, podcast. So really, it's just another thing to build, which is kind of uh, the obsession as a programmer for me. So is this, is this separate from iOS dev discussions? Yeah, so I have two podcasts. So, so I, I hustle a little bit. <laughs> I was like, wait, I've been, I've been following your podcast for like, you've been having that one like a couple, like about a month or so now? Yeah, yeah, that, that's fairly new too. But, but to be fair, iOS Dev Discussions, which is my personal podcast, is pretty much all recycled content from my YouTube videos. Because a lot of my YouTube videos will be like a live stream that's an hour long or Swift News, which is like my flagship show to stay up to date on Swift. That's 15 to 20 minutes long. And, you know, some people just don't have time to sit in front of a computer and watch a video. Uh, whereas audio, they can be on a run, you know, running 10 miles a day, doing burpees in between. I don't know, I don't know crazy people that do that. Um, or <laughs> took you a little bit to get what I was saying there, uh, you know, or they could just be cleaning the house and listening to the podcast. So my iOS dev discussions podcast is really just the ripped audio from my videos, uh, the videos that aren't coding tutorials that can actually apply to a podcast. Uh, however, this new one called Swift over coffee with Paul is just a completely separate, all new content. Uh, again, just discussing the, uh, you know, most recent stuff with Swift. Awesome. Uh, Guys, definitely check that out. Swift over coffee. We got Paul Husson and Sean Allen um, there. Guys, uh, actually, go check that out. Subscribe and leave them a review. Uh, once you get get one get one episode underneath your belt, and uh, you know, leave an honest review. You know, and let let the guys know what you think about it. Um, so yeah, man, definitely congrats on that. Um, yeah, I think, uh, and it, it's funny because it's like I'm a competitor, so like. <laughs> I've already started thinking like, hmm, two podcasts, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let's call it one and a half podcasts because, like I said, it's just recycled content. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like the Jekyll and Hyde is like starting to like <laughs> battle within me. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, man, uh, Sean. Um, like I said, when I came across your content, man, the, the one of the uh, well, the great things that, like I said, being a somebody that's not super young and kind of getting into it uh, was just really, really inspiring. And so Sean, man, where are you, where are you originally from? So I'm from uh, Pennsylvania originally. However, my dad was in the military. So I lived all up and down the East Coast uh, growing up, you know, I've, and I went into the military right after high school as well, which could be a segue into the overall story. Uh, and I spent a lot of time down in uh, Florida as well, actually, Jacksonville, uh, more specifically. And uh, Ooh, yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, so mainly, I'd say most of my life has been spent in Pennsylvania, though. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And um, you say Army, right? Uh, the Navy on submarines, okay. actually. Okay, so. okay. Yeah. Um, so after after the Navy, uh, 
and you came back, uh, what was it? Where what, what type of jobs were you working there? Yeah, so so that's a good segue into the whole how I became a programmer type story. Uh, so basically, I did my four years in the Navy, and I enjoyed it. I really liked it. The reason I got out was uh, you get a retirement if you do twenty years. So it's kind of like once you reenlist after four years to that eight year mark, you're you're kind of stuck. You're like, well, I'm halfway to 20. I might as well do 20. So that's a major decision a lot of people deal with is when they reenlist for four is you either get out there or you kind of lock yourself in for 20. And uh, I didn't want to lock myself in for 20, even though I was enjoying that. So I decided to get out and go into the family business, which was all state insurance. Yes, it is as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, but I was young at the time. I was what 22. I was still kind of a lazy kid. And uh, really, it was the family business. And I talked to my father and I was like, okay, you do what? And you make how much? Yeah, I'm going to do that, right? It wasn't for the passion of the job. It was just, you know, a job to make money, um, which right. after six years of doing that, and again, kind of more maturing, if you will, as I got into my later 20s, I kind of realized I wanted a passion for a career, not, not just a paycheck. And uh, obviously, the insurance thing for me, no offense to the insurance agents out there, but no, insurance for me was just a paycheck. <laughs> I, had, I had zero interest in it. Uh, so again, I matured and said, you know what, uh, I need to find a passion here. So uh, from the military, I had what's called the Montgomery GI Bill, which basically pays for your college uh, and then some. For those that are former military or in the military and haven't capitalized on that, uh, that is an amazing deal. You basically get your college paid for and a living allowance. So between that and my scholarships, I was making like 40 grand a year to go to college, like no other separate job, just money to go to college. So it's kind of, kind of uh, crazy. Does the Navy have a, like a referral link? <laughs> like an <laughs> yeah. affiliate program? Or something? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is a, it is a crazy deal. Like I didn't even know about it. I knew they would pay for my college. I just didn't know how good it was until I got in it. And I was like, is this real? Like I felt bad. I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> like this, and, and I double checked it and it was, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. So how that leads into me becoming a developer was, uh, again, I decided to go back to school at the age of 29. Uh, which is another experience in and of itself. And uh, so I just flew through school because I treated it like a job. I wasn't there to socialize with 18 year olds, obviously. Um, so I basically did like 22 credits a semester, graduated in three years, and then moved out to San Francisco. Because during that time, I realized I wanted to get into like venture capital, startups, all that stuff. Um, so I moved out to San Francisco, get my job at the first startup and then start chatting with my developers that are working there and looking over their shoulders saying, Hey, what are you doing? Tell me, tell me a little bit about this. And I started learning about code. Long story short, started uh, coding up some landing pages in HTML by myself, HTML and CSS, just basic static landing pages, nothing crazy. But that's when I caught the coding bug. And as soon as I started doing that, it felt like magic. I just consumed every tutorial I could. Uh, and then that kind of led me down to the path of quitting that job and then pursuing iOS development. Do you remember what's the first thing you built? Uh, in HTML and CSS? Yeah. Yeah, it was, again, just static marketing landing pages. And the reason I took that on was because our web, it's a five-person startup, right? So everybody does a lot of little stuff. And I was there as like the, the growth lead. So it was my job to do everything related to getting customers on our platform. So I, I want to make you know, landing pages for different marketing efforts. And basically, I didn't want to bother my engineers, actually my engineers, <laughs> the engineers that work there, uh, because they were building you know, our app. Uh, I said web app is what it was, but, uh, and then, so I basically said, well, you know what, let me, let me do this. I can, I can do this. It's pretty simple. And, uh, so yeah, it was just a basic static marketing page, uh, just like a landing page, but it was like eight different ones, you know, based on the different campaigns. Nice. And it's, um, it's funny because, um, 
that that's kind of how originally how I started with you know I just kind of started off with just I wanted to build my own uh page and then you know that same psychotic thought that told me to do burpees along my bike ride uh, <laughs> yeah. told me to uh hey you should go build this app work on this app which at the time I didn't know anything about apps other than how to download them um and so it's uh it's definitely it may it's just amazing what happens we just kind of take a leap of faith Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, a lot of times, even a blind leap of faith. Um, I, I, I like that. Well, I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to come back to that concept of leap of, leap of faith because that really applies to a lot of the stuff I've done. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's same here. Uh, and it's also, too, it's being the most rewarding when I take a blind leap of faith. Because when I take a blind leap of faith, uh, I literally have no expectation to what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Because <yeah. laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, you know. Uh, but yeah. what, what were you going to say about it? Well, so me, the I kind of skimmed over it because I felt like I was getting a little long-winded about my story, but me moving out to San Francisco was just a leap of faith. When I came out here, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't know anybody. All I, Back to me having money saved up from the Montgomery GI Bill, like I said, that allowed me to save up money for some living expenses to move out to San Francisco. <clears throat> but I moved out here, didn't know a soul, uh, no job lined up. I just had savings and a roommate on Craigslist, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I'm just going to oh, make wow. it happen. And uh, again, about a month in, I got a job at that startup and that just, you know, started the snowball effect of, of where I am today. But again, just back to your point of the leap of faith, I was just, I just had confidence in myself. I was like, I have a runway here of money that I feel confident I can make something happen. And then I was just also like, like you said, with no expectations, I was like, well, if I don't, I'll just move back home and, you know, start something else. But yeah, I, I really relate to the blind leap of faith because I've done that a lot. Even so, you know, transitioning to me coding, like, the, the startup job, when I said, uh, you know, I decided to leave there and pursue coding, I, again, I didn't have a coding job lined up. I just fell in love with coding, caught the bug. It's all I wanted to do. Uh, and because I got this startup job, again, only a month after moving to San Francisco, I still had those savings that I haven't tapped into. So I quit my job, again, with no job lined up, uh, no income to just focus on coding. And that's all I was going to do. And then, uh, yeah, I did a boot camp, and you know, seven months later, I got hired as my dev job. But that was another leap of faith. You know, I, I told my my parents and my friends, like, yeah, I quit my job today. I'm like, oh, do you have another one lined up? It's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna learn to code. They're like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh man, we're like step brothers, <laughs> you know, because that's that's like literally what happened, like you know, with I, like I, I literally. I, so I, when I, I moved back, I moved back down to uh, South Florida and cause I just, I just wanted to kind of hit the reset button and, you know, down there I have like no family, you know, I have a couple of friends and stuff, but like no family I'm down there. And so I moved down there and I started to like work, you know, just for the meantime, just to get some money. It's like that. Mm-hmm. And like literally within like a month and a half, I like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like two minutes and I quit. Like I was like, okay, no, this is this is not what I want to do. Uh, you know, life is definitely too short. Um yep. and I was like, you know what, let me figure it out. Um and literally I, I, I did the same thing. Just like dove into it. And it's you know, with the, I think around that time is when I started hundreds of codes, like February or something, March. Um but yeah, um so you and this is this is I mean, first of all, that that's really amazing just to move out to San Francisco because also too, and what's the and I there's a big uh there's a big gap as far as expensive when it comes to Pennsylvania. No, I'm sorry, when it comes to Florida and uh South um I'm sorry, Florida <laughs> and um California. Uh you know, yeah, so. it's, it's insane. 
the cost of living out here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, so that's why I lived with roommates my first two years out here. And in, unless you have a really, you know, good paying job, roommates are pretty much essential. So the first two years I was out here, I had roommates, uh, but I did get out of that roommate situation as soon as possible. That's not a knock on like the roommates. It's just my living style. Like I don't like living with roommates. Right. And the man, I think that's a, that's a, that's really dope. Um, not only to grow uh, across the country, um, you know, but also to go to literally probably top 10 most expensive places in this world. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. you said world too. Yeah, that's probably right. It might even be higher than top 10, top five, maybe. It's right. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know if this is just me or if this is humans in general, but I found with me, like I, doing that and like kind of putting my own back against the wall, like invigorated me and motivated me and made me be like, well, this has to happen. There's no plan B, right? Well, I guess I could have always went home. So I always had a safety net, but um, you know, me just coming out here and trying to make it happen, having my back against the wall, like was a really, really big motivating factor uh, and really made me just, you know, work very, very hard. So I want to, I want to touch on something that you said earlier. You said when you was working with the insurance company that uh, you say you feel like you was lazy then. Oh, for um, sure. And give me give me your definition of lazy. Well, it's funny. It's funny. I don't want to go off on the tangent because I, I called myself lazy recently in, in a tweet, and I got a lot of backlash from, from my followers. <laughs> yeah. So I got to be careful. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go back to the insurance agent, uh, which I 100% was lazy. I mean, I would go in. I would only be there for six hours. Three of those were spent on the internet. Because uh, the way the insurance uh, business works is once you have an established book of business, there's no, there's incentive to grow. Like if you're, you know, if you want to be a superstar, but you, every time you like, think about your own insurance policy, you renew your auto insurance every six months or your homeowners every year. Well, the insurance agents gets a commission off that renewal as well. So once you build up that base book of business, like you can just sit back and chill off renewals, you know? So and and doing that was enough to make a good living, you know, so there was no right. crazy incentive to go, you know, really, really work hard and, and make so many sales. And me, I'm not naturally like a salesperson. Like I hate cold calling people or I hate trying to convince somebody to buy something. That's just not me at all. So I just was not a good fit for that. So yeah, me being lazy was surfing the internet for, you know, three of the six hours I was there going home, calling it a day and not thinking about work as soon as I walked out the door at, at you know, 4.30 p.m. So it's really funny, man. I did some research on this. Um, and because like when I was working, I, I was working at Sprint. Um, working at Sprint is just like as a salesman. And like literally, uh, I, and I worked for Sprint in the past, but when I went back, when I came back here in South Florida, because it was a quick job, I know I didn't have to go to no interview. I just needed to call them up and say, hey, I need a job. They was like, okay, cool. And so um, literally within, after training, within my first week and a half and this is like for the team in south florida i was like number seven in the in the company mm -hmm. after a week like and a half you said yeah in sales okay and so i was extremely bored <laughs> right, right. yeah yeah because yeah. I, I just knew i could crush it like i knew i could master this you know so it was really kind of like no incentive to like you said like you know, grow, learn, everything, because it's like, I see, the, first of all, if you can find, if you can see the ceiling in, you know, in your job within the first month or two. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and somebody told me that too, they said, somebody said, the definition of 
a boring job if you can get in in the first 90 days and be half as good or even better than the current employees mm-hmm. you know it's and so you know i didn't want that and so like you said i'm i was i was kind of like really being lazy stuff too coming in late you know trying to leave early yeah, you know, yeah. an hour and a half lunch like oh my bad <laughs> i didn't you know i forgot and so it's like now you know and it necessarily i wouldn't call it lazy but it's just it's just not what i want to do there's no purpose there there we go yeah, yeah. And, and like it was it started as again as I matured like don't get me wrong in my early 20s I was like this is great you know but as I as I matured I was like this is not how I want to go through life just ha- you know not really putting that much effort into it and just being lazy so that's when the whole like thing triggered of I wanted to find a passion because um, it did start to get to me after a while don't get me wrong though it was, it was pretty sweet the first couple of years when I was like you know 22 23 doing that stuff right so well, watch this what I found amazing is like I used to, you, <laughs> so I would think I would go there like around 10, 11, mm-hmm. you know, and then I would come late and if they asked me to show up at nine, you would literally have to like drag me out of bed. Like, <laughs> right. and, but it was crazy because now I do something that I want to do with purpose. I get, for me, I get up here four. Yeah, I know. I, I see this on Instagram and I'm like, what is he doing at 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> what is he writing? <laughs> I literally see that to myself. <laughs> I mean, good on you. I'm not a morning person. I get up at like 7, so it's not bad. But I right. see you at 4.30 and I'm just like, man. All right. You know, and, and but it's, it's kind of one of the things that we talked about, like with Gary Vee. Like, you know, how we got like a lot of things, like we really like love and stuff what he's talking about. And so, yeah. like, I listen to like a lot of, you know, Gary Vee and uh, Eric Thomas and, you know, all people. So, like, I get up at 4.00. Um, and so now that I have like purpose and meaning and I know what I want out of life and I will, I know what I want my legacy to look like. Oh, four is easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I would come in late at 11. (laughs) (laughs) Right. To, to bring this idea back to, to programming a little bit about how, cause I liked what you said about when you, when you come to a job, if you can see the ceiling, you know, relatively soon, that's a bad thing. And this is what I love about programming is I feel like there's almost no ceiling. Because it's a moving, yeah. it's a moving target, right? I mean, sure, you can be awesome at the iPhone, but you know, here in two years, AR is going to be the biggest thing, you know. And just con- technology is constantly evolving. You have to constantly evolve yourself to stay up to date. Like I, I, again, I see it as there's no ceiling, or it's a constantly moving ceiling. Even if you see the ceiling, it's going to move on you in a little bit. I mean, if you, if, if you've ever seen a ceiling in programming, uh, DM me. <laughs> like I, I need to figure out what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> The superpowers, I don't know. I mean, but I, I know it does happen, you know, especially like with languages and stuff that may may not grow as fast, you yeah. know. Um, you know, so like uh, I, I definitely see that, um, you know. But yeah, in the general concept of programming, yeah, if you see the ceiling, yeah, uh, get at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, um, man, I, I really think that's one of the things I love about programming. Like you just said, it's a it's a living vessel, you know. It it really is because it's, you know as you're going through it, it's going to be like a new branch that's going to grow out of nowhere. And then you might have to go learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, something else coming. You might have to go learn that, you know, and then you kind of look a couple years down the road, you have this like awesome tool belt, tool belt, you know, connected to you and you can kind of go back and reference certain things. And so it's really, really, uh, it's really dope. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. But you listen to this and, you know, you're, you're struggling to get up at noon you know, 11 a.m., you know, I think that could be a good sign. You're just not doing what you really want to do. 
Right. Uh, and, and to put a bow on this idea, I remember what I was going to say is uh, just, I didn't find, I, I feel like I've truly found my passion and I don't know if, if I would say calling that might be a bit much, but I, I truly found what I want to do the rest of my life or, or at least something in this space. So uh, to the point is I spent my, basically all of my twenties uh, being lazy, coming in at noon, walk, going through the motions at my job. And I didn't find my passion until I was 32, 33 years old. Uh, and I want to, I want to really emphasize this because I get a lot of my you know, viewers on YouTube, especially I have, a, I have a video called too old, you know, are you too old to code? Uh, and a lot of responses on that are like, I'm 23. I thought I was too old. And I just like laugh. I don't <laughs> laugh in their face, but I'm just like, what? Right. Are you serious? Uh, and then I, you know, I obviously, I respond. So reading through that, if you do want to check out that video, it's called, are you too old to code on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sean Allen. Even if you don't watch the video, like read through the comments. Cause there's a lot of people in there telling their stories of, you know, I started at 45 or, you know, here I am at 50. And uh, it's a lot of good stories in there. But again, I want to emphasize many, many people think it's over at 24. And that is just crazy. to me. Yeah. And I'll put in the show notes too. Um, so it'd be in the show notes to, to, for, uh, to check out that video, but yeah, man, it, it, it really is. And so I have in it, Sean, you like this one. Um, and it's, I'm really mad and I got fussed at, fussed at by her, uh, even today. So I have a, uh, I had a podcast guest, uh, uh, by the name of Alicia Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually may have seen her, uh, before Alicia, she was in, she was in an Apple, she was in an Apple, uh, video on the conference, I think two years ago. Um, and so she's the developer who taught herself, uh, Swift languages at the age of 50. Um, I probably have cause I eat up all the WWDC videos, but right. I, it's not, it's not, I'm not recalling it, but I probably have seen it. Yeah. And so, uh, I've been knowing her for a while. And so we did a podcast, you know, talking about the same stuff and, I was using a platform. I'm I'm not gonna like blast it, but it's terrible. But I was using a platform and her audio is super choppy. So I'm trying to get somebody to like kind of savage it. We might just have to record it over. Um, but you know, look at her. Like she's she was 50 years old teaching herself how to, you know, Swift, teaching herself, you know, how to code in Swift. Mm-hmm. You know, so you like like Sean said, if you're if you're 23 and you're like <laughs> like you bought the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's crazy. You know, this is this is not, you know, this is not soccer where where it's you know your defining lifetime is going to be you know when you start at age twelve or something like you know. And so yeah, guys, if you're you know, and to be honest, and you know, you know, Sean, you know, tell me your thoughts, but if you have a goal and you really want to develop something, build something, um, and just my personal belief. Really don't think age matters. Now, no, yeah, we're good. I mean, now it's it'd be it's beneficial. You know, you have certain benefits. You know, starting. Oh, oh watch this! I think you have certain benefits when you start older. I think you have certain benefits when you start younger. Like when you start older, like you have a lot of soft skills. You know that you can relate to. You've already have certain maybe disciplines that you've already you know dis- discipline principle that you already kind of work through as well. So you just kind of like implement you know implement that to your coding journey. Um, you know, versus like, you know, when you're younger and then when you're younger, of course you got like the endurance and everything. So you got, you got pros and cons and stuff, but it really doesn't matter. So I spent my entire weekend, like literally eight hours a day, Saturday and Sunday, making this as best as I absolutely possibly could. It was so polished and I delivered it Monday. Again, they gave it to me on a Friday, delivered it Monday within 20 minutes of me emailing them that they sent it back, said, Hey, why don't you come in for the final interview and meet the team? Nice. (laughs) Actually, let, let me let me rephrase that. 
<laughs> this is another funny story. They said, we really like what you did. Why don't you come down and meet the team? They didn't say come in for the final interview. So literally those are the words. Come on in and meet the team. I did not know I was walking into a final interview. I was naive, right? This is my first kind of job experience. I was walking into a final interview <laughs> where I was like whiteboard coding, you know, doing projects and I was completely unprepared. Like I literally thought it was like, I'm basically getting hired there. When I go there, I'm going to go sign the papers, going to meet my bosses. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that didn't go well. But again, I think I had shown so much in the take home project and, uh, you know, again, my attitude and everything so forth that they, they hired me despite how poorly I, I interviewed. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's kind of my belief of what a you know, great developer is. It's like you just said, attitude. Um, and then, you know, it's attitude and also the, the self-confidence that you knew whatever they sent you that you can knock Dr. Park. You know, you knew you can do like your best work at it. Um, and so I think that's really, really dope. Right, because it, it, for those that haven't done a software interview uh, yet, or for those that have, they can definitely relate. The interview scenario is completely unlike what you're actually going to do in your in your job right <laughs> it's it's so backwards but the you go in for an interview you're coding on a whiteboard or even if you're coding on a computer you have somebody looking over your shoulder like and there's, there's pressure and it's just weird i mean i could i can't even type my name with somebody looking over my shoulder let alone solve a, a code problem you know what i mean I don't, is anybody else like that where like you're, you could have typed something you've typed a million times if somebody's like watching you do it you're gonna mess it up so it's a completely weird environment that i don't even to this day i don't excel in at all um but i knew give me give me the take on project let me work in my environment i know i can produce good work so like you said i had the self-awareness to do that and I, I was hoping they would give me the chance they did and it worked out dope um do um do you can, i don't know if you can do you remember what the project was can you talk about it yeah i mean i don't know how much sense it'll make uh but it basically they uh had a test flow so it was a device it was an oral health monitoring device so it was a hardware device connected via Bluetooth to an app where you put the device in your mouth, breathe into it, and it like detects bacteria in your mouth. Uh, so that was it. They were having issues with their test flow of like telling the user, you know, put the device in your mouth, press this button, you know, breathe in lightly. It was like a whole like four step process that they were having uh, issues with. And then it would take the test and it would show like a result screen with like a score and, and all kinds of stats. Uh, so it was like that whole flow. Um, and they didn't, the thing is, they just said, here's the flow. Here's what they have to do. Go for it. I didn't get any designs. It wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't build this design. It was like, yeah, let's see what you can do. So I think the fact that I designed something that looked good and kind of did all the steps and it was a turnaround over the weekend, I think that's what was really, uh, really impressed them to kind of give me the job. Dope. Yeah, that's, that's, that's super awesome. And so um, after you, after meeting the team and everything, what, uh, how was your experience, you know, with your, with your, first, uh, with your first dev job? I mean, I, good and bad. Because um, it was, it, there was two, it was basically an iOS team of two. And there was other software developers, but like the people focusing on the iOS app, it was about two people. And the, the person I worked with was probably like six months ahead of me as far as like seniority. And I'm fresh out of boot camp. So it was basically two junior developers, a little bit of the blind leading the blind uh, at this point. So... <laughs> That wasn't good because I didn't have a, a mentor. I always say if I had a, a mentor or a senior developer that I was sitting next to working with every day, more so to teach me like the art of programming, like the reasons why you should do this versus that. Because as we all know in programming, one solution may be correct in this circumstance, but it may be incorrect in another circumstance, right? So Super that's what fun. I call Yeah, that's what I call the art of programming that just doing tutorials online and that doesn't teach you that. You know, you have to work with a senior dev to, to kind of learn that. So I didn't have that at the first job. So that is the bad. That is the one thing I wish I, I had. 
conversely, I had a lot of autonomy and basically got to run with the app. I was also the designer on that app. I got to basically lead development on the client side of the app, run the sprint plan. You know, I basically planned out each sprint, ran the sprint planning meetings. So it was good that I got a lot of experience doing that. Bad that I think it, I could have grown a lot faster uh, had I had that senior dev. Huh. Um, how long did you, uh, how long did you stay there? I was there for about a year and a half and then Facebook reached out to me. Uh, and well, they reach out to everybody. I'm not going to act like I'm special. If, I feel like if you've been on LinkedIn for over a year of experience in iOS development, you're going to get a Facebook email. Uh, at the time, I thought I was cool though. I was like, oh, Facebook wants me. And so uh, I decided to, again, I'd been there about a year and a half and the culture out here in Silicon Valley is about a year and a half to two years at a position and you move on. Rarely is somebody at a job for a very long time. That's saying it doesn't happen, but that's not the norm. You know, people bounce around. So I was kind of at my time to bounce around. And uh, it wasn't just like, I'm going to go all in Facebook or bust. It was like, well, because the reason I, I decided to quit my job, again, another leap of faith, I didn't have a job lined up. I just said, I quit. I mean, I was more political about it, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to move on from here and uh, to focus on the job hunt. And because again, I'm not a computer science student. I have no computer science knowledge at this point. Well, at that point, not, not so bad now. But uh, so I bought basically bought cracking and coding interview and turned into a computer science student for like full time uh, to study for my Facebook interviews. And I wasn't just interviewing at Facebook. I interviewed at pretty much most of the companies uh, in Silicon Valley. And um, that didn't go so well. Maybe that's a, another part of the story. <laughs> but that is why I left uh, after a year and a half was to focus on interviewing for that next chapter of my career. So you documented that journey, correct? Yeah, that was actually the first videos on my YouTube channel. That's actually kind of what what got me going on the YouTube thing is like, I'm going to document this Facebook interview process uh, to see how it goes. And that was like my first vlogs. It's kind of funny to go back and watch them now. They're like two minutes long. Like that was my idea of like a YouTube video it was two minutes. They're like super short. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to check out my, my very first ever Facebook interview, uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. So talk about that. Talk about like your, actually let's do this. Talk, give me, <laughs> so let's say, okay, we got two Sean's here. We have Sean that documented that journey, and now we have Sean that's a little bit down the road. Uh, for, number one, talk about like your process of how you document it. You know, for people that don't know, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. But then also talk about how would you coach that old that that Sean to get to where they want to be. Well, to be honest, and this is the interesting story. So I, when I left about after a year and a half in my startup, I was not in the right mindset. And, and that's not a knock on me. Let me, let me explain that. Basically, I thought I was better than I was. Um, so here's the, here's the other bad thing about going to a small startup where you're the only developer. If you do your job well, everybody around you that's not a developer and doesn't know any better is going to think you're a rock star. So I had everybody around me saying like, wow, you're a really good developer. You're really good. However, compare me to other developers, especially in the likes of like the Facebooks of the world and like, you know, larger companies, I'm still very, very beginner. You know what I mean? I don't know anything. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, oh, I got this. Let's go. Facebook, come on. You know, Google, let's go. Uh, I Going out for all those interviews was a very humbling, rude awakening that I'm very, <laughs> glad, very glad I got. Like, I needed it. Because like I said, I, it's like having a bunch of yes men around you. You know what I mean? You don't know any better. Uh, and again, I'm early in my career. Like, I don't know. So basically, me going out interviewing and getting my butt kicked in those interviews was the humbling awakening, which also led to the YouTube channel, uh, back to uh, kind of what I said I wanted to teach people. But it was also like, again, I've already alluded to that I don't do well in that interview setting. I was kind of like, 
I always say I win the long game, but lose the short game. Like if you just look at my resume and uh, interview me for a half hour in a whiteboard coding interview, like I'm not going to show the best. If you get to know me and you've known me for a while, you've worked with me, I'm going to win a lot in that game, right? Because I'm just confident. And again, the soft skills, the attitude, I'm a good teammate. Um, you know, I'm a good enough developer to get by. So I'm very confident in that game. So that was the idea behind YouTube. Again, just got my butt kicked in interviews. And I was really like frustrated with the interview process. Cause I was like, you guys are turning me down. Like you don't even know me, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like what was going through my mind. So right. I was like, let me just put all this out on the internet. Like, so I started vlogging. I started like putting tutorials out there, putting all my knowledge out on YouTube. Uh, not all of it, but uh, as much as possible. I still got a lot to put out. And that's kind of what spawned the idea of the YouTube channel. It was almost like a online resume that I'm not, I know this isn't going to be the case, but my mindset was like, I want to never have to interview again. I want people to know me from the internet, know what I know, and just be like, we want to work with you. <laughs> that was kind of like my dream behind the YouTube channel. Nice. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's funny you say it. Like, it's really interesting that you say you got your humbling experience, uh, like kind of like in the very early in your journey because I had my humbling experience before I even got started. Um, and so I was, uh, you know, my listeners know, like I, I worked for the Uber office in Atlanta, uh, like last year, and mm -hmm. I was uh, doing a lot of uh, driver support. I was with the Uber Eats team and just kind of doing uh, different things and stuff. And so I, there was a particular bug um, in, in the app where, when you when you request a Uber, there's a um, when your Uber gets to your your house or your pickup zone, it says it starts a timer. And so it starts a timer, and so after a certain amount of time, de depending on which uh, you know which which Uber or vehicle you pick, after a certain amount of time, it'll give the driver the option to cancel, you know, and then you get you get charged a uh, you get charged a fee, uh, mm -hmm. a no show fee, and so. I had this driver come in and and it was really interesting because his his time like his time was like two minutes or so and so he would cancel it and he and so but it was showed that in the, in the back end that he was canceling early so he would never get the uh, the cancellation fee and so he came a couple of times and so finally I was like all right let me dive into it you know let me kind of the, the problem solve there we go let's dive into it so. I literally started like dove into it. I looked at his log. I was even talking to the engineer and it was funny because he was the only one in the city of Atlanta for whatever reason where his, his, uh, his clock was being like sped up by a certain amount of uh, time. So on his end, it was correct and he can counsel, but on the back end, it wasn't registering. And so I was talking to the engineer and so the engineer shared with me the code and how it works. And I was completely humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely humbled. I was I like, so that it was just more complex and overwhelming than you thought. Yeah. Like, okay. It, you thought it was a lot easier. Yeah. And so, um, because and I, I, you know, I was probably being a douche about it too. I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just, just match it up and do that. Kind of he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I've been that engineer to the marketing person. <laughs> I've dealt with that a lot. The marketing person's like, yeah, yeah, just build this page real quick and then we'll do this and we'll do this. I'm like, whoa, that this real quick that you just said is like three weeks worth of work. Like, let's slow down here. Right. Uh, so right. a lot of people don't really understand how difficult, you know, and how much time goes into building these things. So what's funny is because I've been that person 
on both ends. Like I've been the person mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just do this real quick and you know, it'll be fine. And oh, why is this not working? Just like it's a like it's an on switch. It's just turn it on. Like, you know. And so, man, like receiving that now is like it's like the greatest, you know, revenge. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know, because it's like the greatest revenge. And so um, but yeah, when he sent me that, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what none of this, first of all, none of this looks even nowhere anywhere close to English. Like, you know, so right. it was a and so I but I really gained a lot of respect. Um I, I really gained a lot of respect for the uh for the skill set um and for what those guys do. And you know, even at Uber, you know, it's you know, it's that's why they get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know, with with this journey, with this journey of like you're going through this interview process, uh, if you have the opportunity to tell your old self, uh, you know, before you right before they start the journey, you have the opportunity to tell your old self, give your old self some advice. What would it be as you're about to go into like this Facebook interview? Uh, it would have been to focus more on the computer science type uh, problems, the cracking the coding interview. I, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that book. I'm, I'm saying it like everybody knows what it is, but mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially it's this book you can buy that has like 180 something, you know, typical interview problems. It's wrote by a woman who used to be like, you know, hiring at Google and Facebook. She, you know, she's been to all these big companies. Uh, it's a really great book. And uh, I kind of didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Um, like, Basically, so here's a good analogy. If you have an interview coming up in two months, you need to be practicing those problems hours a day, every day. You can't just be like, oh, interviews next week. Let me look over this book for a week and I'll be good. Like, especially coming from no computer science. If you got a four-year computer science degree and you did that stuff all through school, maybe not. But if you are like me, this is your first time ever seeing it and you're learning it for the first time, you're going to need months, not weeks. Uh, so that's kind of what I would go back to say to myself because I, I took the approach of like, because school has always come easy to me and like studying and learning. So I just really underestimated how much this was and how difficult this was. So I was like, yeah, interviews in two weeks, I'll start studying, you know, 10 days out, I'll be good. That's kind of like how I've gotten through my entire academic life. Uh, <laughs> but that was not the case. And again, I went out and got my butt kicked. But to be, to be fair, like, I think that butt kick needed to happen. Like, I think it benefited me in the long run. Yeah, and get I put that I put the book in the show notes too as well. Um, but yeah, the lady name was uh, Gail McDowell. I, uh, it's funny because I came across her, the author. I came across her on YouTube. She had a couple YouTube videos. Yeah, I um, use those a lot to to help prepare. Uh, Hacker Rank, I think she has. It's called. But uh, right, those are right. really good videos explaining the basics of like data structures and algorithms. So I would definitely recommend those as well. So what's really interesting too is like as you said, like kind of really mastering that uh, computer science element is. Like one, one, one thing I start to do, I'm not sure, oh, you know what? I think I did see this from your video, Harvard CS50. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I probably recommended that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Oh, this is such a great story. I feel like I've been going through it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so I start, okay. So here, here's kind of, and you know, uh, I, I, I went to a boot camp like you. Um, I went to a boot camp and it was uh, for, for full stack. And so it was uh, HTML, CSS, uh, a little bit of JavaScript, uh, but mostly Ruby, Ruby on Rails. Um, and so I went to a boot camp. And so, um, and it's it's funny because I, <laughs> some people like, yeah, I understand. But some people like, what? Are you crazy? I'm not a big fan of Ruby. Um, okay. I'm not a big fan of Ruby. Uh, I feel like for me, I, I, like I kind of like look at like kind of like I, I it's a great it's a great uh, 
weapons have in a tool belt, especially you want to like really spin up something real very quickly. Um, and so, but as I was kind of doing it real quickly, I kind of felt like I could master it really quickly too, which is probably naive. Um, so I said, you know what? I want to make sure my uh, I want to make sure my foundation is correct. And so I started looking online and like trying to like recommend, like looking for certain courses mm -hmm. like that. And so I came across your video, uh, a, a girl named by the name of Kristen. I can't remember her last name, but she's an iOS developer too. Uh, um, Leak, probably. Yeah, Kristen Leak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Kristen Leak, um, your video, and it was somebody else. And so basically there was three different developers that all recommended CS50. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, it's free. Knowledge, I mean, right. it's, a, it's a Harvard course for free. <laughs> um, but let's make this clear. The struggles have a heavy price to it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free free is a, yeah, it's a tricky term. All right. <laughs> it's monetarily um, costless. So, right. <laughs> right. There we go. And so I said, like, you know what? All right. Let me, let me, let me figure this out. And so I dove into it and I was like, uh, I was like, all right, cool. And I got my tail and like I just kind of fell back from it and then I dove into it again uh, and I went a little bit further and and I think one of the reasons I went a little bit further because I got like two or three people to do it with me and mm -hmm. so like so ah, we can go we gotta go through the fire let's go like <laughs> and so um but yeah I mean I'm still going through it now like I've, I've, I've scaled back because I was doing I was going at heavy um which is interesting too because um actually matter of fact me you need to talk because I got an invite to come to a Harvard CS50 in person Oh, to all right. Cut <laughs> to come see that, and I'm going later on this year, and so, um, but yeah, that it's really, really has been great because, you know, throughout the the program, they like they start off by teaching you uh, just C, and so mm -hmm. I really learned that C is just such a it's like the grandfather language when, when the right, grandfather. Right. Language. So yeah. I really learned it, and, and then I start to like, I mean, I'm looking at things like JavaScript, and I'm like. Hey, I know how to do that. Like, <laughs> you know, I just learned that in C. Like, and so it's really, really been helpful. But it's also those baseline principles of CS. Um, it's really just been helping do along this journey. Yeah, and, and I don't want to. So I'm only going to speak for iOS developers because every you know uh, language and job is a little different. But for iOS developers, you don't really use that CS type stuff all that often. Like I would say, you know, 90% of the time, you're not going to use it. Uh, but it is super helpful to have that foundation uh, to fall back on. And it is good to, to know for that 10% of the time that you really do need it. Um, but again, most of your job isn't really related to that, which is why these interviews are tricky because they're heavily focused on these CS questions and in your day-to-day -day jobs, like you don't really mess with them. So that's another why, reason why these interviews are a little bit backwards. Somebody told me, and this is, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to tread lightly here because, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to pinpoint, but somebody told me that, a coding interview is <laughs> like I said, somebody told me that a coding interview is highly, highly uh is highly highly close to the test you have to take to become a citizen. Like a lot of the okay. stuff you're never going to use. Oh, even... right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I, know, I've never I've never taken that test, so I don't know, right. I don't know, I don't relate to the analogy, but I, I can imagine it's probably a lot of like weird information that is not in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, it was like, you know, who's the you know 37th president? Like, you know, you don't right, ever right. need to know. Like, even yeah. somebody that was raised or I don't know. Like, I'm no, off no. my head. Um, and Google. So, That's who right, right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, so, um, yeah, those, those CS principles and stuff uh, definitely, definitely, definitely do help. Uh, so other than cracking the code, 
have you done anything else to kind of like uh, get some of those CS uh, experiences as, as well? No, I mean, because honestly, the only time I really focus on it is when it's time to start interviewing. So I, I just did another round of interviews. Um, probably so. So that round of interviews where I got my butt kicked, I, I told that story. That was in the beginning of 2017. Mm -hmm. I did another round, uh, which I also documented in the Job Hunt Mega Vlog. Don't know if you saw that one. Um, yeah, that was like, yeah, like five different companies, on right? Yeah, yeah. So, so 2017 was I will interview anywhere and everywhere, <laughs> right? 2018 was like, you know what? Because I had been contracting for a year and a half, I didn't need a job. I was like, you know what? I have a very short list of companies. Uh, I think it was like Apple, Facebook, Coinbase, um, YouTube, and Lyft. Um, and and so I was like, hiring like crazy but go ahead <laughs> yeah i i bombed that interview there, so i actually to not go off on a tangent their interviews uh were very good as far as like not focusing too much on the cs stuff i, I really really liked their interview process uh i didn't i basically what happened was i prepared for the cs stuff and got something different and was very very caught off guard <laughs> but anyway yeah coinbase is hiring like crazy in their um yeah, their process is really good. So if you're looking to apply somewhere, I recommend that one. But anyway, I had a very short list and they were like top tier company. Again, Apple, YouTube, going like top of cream, you know, cream of the crop. Um, so I said, if I don't get one of these, like I'm not, I'm not just going to get like a job. Uh, that was kind of going into it. So uh, when I prepared for that, um, or no, the reason I brought that up is because the only time I ever practice my CS stuff is when preparing for a round of interviews. So that happened in the beginning of 2018. I haven't touched CS stuff since. <laughs> hmm. No, and um, yeah, I have I've seen a couple of those videos. Um, you know, as you're kind of going through this journey and stuff, and you know, again, I, I link those. Man, you got a lot of links in our show notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I put out a lot of information. No, and it's and it's and it's and it, you know, I joke about, it, but it's it really, really is helpful. You know, even if you guys are you know not trying to be an iOS developer, you know, a lot of the um the ways he looks at things and, and a lot of his experiences um, and his drive too as well. It's really, really helpful. And so I don't care, you know, if you're building games in C, you know, like whatever you're doing, like you definitely should go check out, like I said, all the videos and stuff that I'm having the links. And I, I guarantee you'll find at least one thing out of it that's going to help you along your journey as well. well yeah. And, and I appreciate the plug, but uh, even so a lot of my channel is like straight iOS tutorials. If you're not an iOS developer, sure, maybe not, but I would say, 40% of them are just, you know, what's it like to be a contractor? What's it like to go through interviews? Like very, very general software developer stuff. So, so yeah, like Marlon said, you don't have to be an iOS developer to get value from the channel. It's kind of funny. I actually have a, a contingency of Android developers that watch like every video. It's kind of funny. Well, you know, this is really, and, and this is way off uh, track, but I've been seeing a, a heavy, heavy rise in Android. Um, as far as developers, um, and I'm trying to figure out why, and I haven't I, figured it out. Yet. Okay, I, I, I mean, obviously, I probably run in different circles. I run pretty much primarily in iOS circle, so I haven't right. seen it. Um, but again, I'm probably just not looking in the right places. Yeah, I got to find out. I'm, a, I'm, a, I got some people <laughs> off my ass because, yeah. like, it's like I've, I've, I've been seeing like a recent, like, I've seen, like, I think like Home Depot has been a doing a heavy, heavy, uh, like, uh, they've been hiring a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then I really found out why. I was like, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, they, they mean, um, Can you say why or not? Yeah, uh, so they are... Because I, we'll I, 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 I have a guess, but I want to hear it. We'll talk about it off air. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Boom! But yeah, so... Um, and so, um, you know, so now I'm kind of going through the... Uh, you went through the coding interview um, on pretty much like vlogs. Um, and now talk a little bit about, I, I want to talk about two, two, two things. 
I want to talk about um, yeah, because I I know <laughs> I saw one of your videos where you were saying that you know being a remote developer has a definite pros and cons to it, and said mm-hmm. like you, you want to start to get out the house more. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so t- talk about what is like your kind of your experience of being like a remote developer. Yeah, so it, it like you said, pros and cons for sure. Um, it, everybody says it looks good on the outside, right? Make your own hours, work from home, do it, you know, come and go as you please. And that is great, but it does get old after a while, especially like we alluded to earlier, I live in downtown San Francisco. So I have a studio apartment and even that studio is pretty expensive. Uh, so basically I live in a glorified bedroom. So my commute is, you know, five steps from my bed to my computer, rarely get out of my pajamas when I was working remotely. So don't get me wrong, that was great for the first like six months. But again, I did it for a year and a half total. And after about seven, eight months, it started to wear on me. Like you kind of just feel like, you know, like it'll be like 2 p.m. It's like, man, I haven't even showered yet today. Because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you haven't even left your bedroom, you know? Um, and if it wasn't for basketball, like I was, I played basketball like four or five days a week. Like that was like my, my social, me getting out of the house and interacting with human beings, you know? Uh, so don't get me wrong. There are ways to, and, and I've gotten this pushback a lot when I, when I tell my story, there are ways to you know, combat that. Like if you have your own separate office and you get dressed and it's like you're going to work, but you're staying in the same house. Or I did experiment with like a shared workspace. I'm not sure if people are familiar with WeWork. There's a bunch of WeWork offices in San Francisco. I worked out of there for a little bit. Uh, That only lasted about three months because basically their chairs there were made of wood. And you know, when you're sitting in coding, putting in a 10 hour coding session, you need a very, very comfortable chair. So uh, basically it just got to be too uncomfortable. But yeah, it was, it wore on me, but I, I do see my career ebbing and flowing. Like right now I am full-time at a startup, the, the typical going to an office every day, I get a work from home day, but uh, I, I think I'll go back and forth, like year and a half full-time at an office, you know, year and a half contracting, or, you know, the, the exact time frame doesn't matter, but you know what I mean? A, a stint contracting, a stint full-time. I think I'll rotate back and forth. So what's funny, cause like I'm, a, I'm, you know, hundred percent contract um, right now. And so <laughs> I can for sure relate because I would literally throughout the week, like, you know, kind of, I get up, like I said, you know, people know now I get up at 4 a.m. Um, I get up at 4 a.m. And, and do and get started. So what I do is I get up at 4 a.m. And immediately I do an hour of work, um, you know, for whatever reason, I just feel like, you know, that first hour it's, you know, I, I feel like you kind of like really set the tone and, you know, you get a lot of good stuff going. So you take, get an hour, I do an hour of work and then, um, I do a uh, a small break in between, like 15, 30 minutes. And then I do another, I do a two hour session. And then after that, I eat breakfast. Um, and then I do another two hour session. Um, think I do like a probably another like 15, 30 minute break. So watch this kind of, kind of going back to what we talked about before, like as far as like, we don't want to do what you, you know, you, you don't want to do the job. It's amazing how <clears throat> when I was at a job, what I didn't like, I would try to stretch my lunch as long as possible <laughs> yeah yeah and so now like literally i have to force myself to take a lunch uh, mm-hmm. you know force myself to take a break because i would just keep going keep going keep going keep going um and, you know you can wear yourself out and so you know i would do you know 15 30 minutes and do another two-hour session and then i would take like a lunch um and do like another two-hour session so i'm usually coding from like anywhere from like you know six to eight hours a day um mm-hmm. For the most part, I'm usually done by like two latest four, um, you know, in the afternoon. And so, you know, I do that like, you know, pretty much super hard Monday to Thursday. Now what I've been doing lately is I do a half day on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the half day, I'm like, oh my God, I need 
some human experience. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, did you start looking at, this is another downside that I, I found I thought of as you, you were speaking. Did you start looking at your time differently? Um, I, it started to affect me later later on because, so when you're contracting, if you can get, this is an extreme example, if you can get 20 hours of work a day, you can work 20 hours and make you know your hourly rate times 20. So there was a point in time where I was on like four or five contracts, I was probably working 10 to 12 hours a day, but the money was great and that kind of wore me down. Uh, but I started looking at my time differently. And this is kind of the, the point that the mentality I wanted to ask you about is it's like, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break and watch a movie. And it's like, that's two hours. Well, that's, you know, two times my hourly rate, which I'll, I'll say it was a hundred bucks, hundred bucks an hour. I was like, man, do I really want to spend $200 on this movie? <laughs> you know, so like, but you have to give yourself that break in that time. But it kind of like started warping my mindset of like, I really started looking at breaks and time off is like, man, this is expensive. But you know, it, it's just a weird mentality. Did you run into that at all? So it's funny is, and it and I really, really like that, the way you looked at it. I didn't look at it necessarily that way. Um, but I did look at it like, I, start, I did start to pay attention to what things really matter with my time. Um, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> this, this, this is me. I'm, I'm the person where like, you know, I like to play, you know, games, stuff like anybody else. I like to watch Netflix, anything like anybody else, like, you know, and if you don't get control of that, you can literally find yourself doing that, you know, for hours now, mm-hmm. you know, well, unless you're a gamer. If you're a gamer, then you definitely should be doing it for hours. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're on Twitch or something. So, but I, I'm the type of person where if I find myself, if I look back throughout the week and I find myself in, I've been watched like a whole four, epi- like four seasons of something and I'm spending too much time on that I'm the type of person where I just can't plug my uh, my TV. I sell yeah, it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I've I've bought and sold so many Xboxes. It's not even right. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> just, I literally just sold my TV like a month ago. And what's right? Watch this. I was nowhere. And the reason I sold my TV this time because I just simply wasn't using it. Um, and then I, I wanted to buy some other stuff as well, like my podcast, and I have a course and everything that's coming up. And so I wanted to buy some materials and stuff for that anyway. And like literally. When I watch TV, I'm literally watching TV like 15 minutes as I'm laying in the bed, as I'm dozing off, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I did start to look at it that way, like, uh, you know, and so now I, how I look at it is I look at it as to get away because I definitely think you, you know, you should balance it. Like you just say, you can wear yourself out. Um, like you need those breaks and stuff and that, that family time. If you have family, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend time, like whatever, all those things are important as well. I mean, so like now what I do is uh, every Friday I go to my friend's house and play uh, 2K. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. So that's like, that's like my thing. And I do 2K for like, you know, three, four hours or something, you know, like per week. And so that's really been, it's really been great for me. Um, you know, but throughout the week and stuff, I may watch like little ESPN and stuff like, you know, after I'm done working and everything, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough mindset. Uh, the other downside to me with mine was I used to play basketball at lunch, and after and it's nice to have that freedom. Like, cool, I can I can take time off, go play basketball. But man, after I play basketball, I'm just worthless the rest of the day. So that would like ruin any productivity. Like, I would plan on like, yeah, I'll go play basketball, come back, work a couple hours. Uh, that turned into 
yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to take the rest of the day off, which leads to another thing that I ended up with. And this is just bad planning on my part, but I would slack off earlier in the week. Like I had to get X amount of hours in per week, essentially. So I would slack off earlier in the week and it would result in me working, you know, eight to 10 hours on Saturday and Sunday. And that's pretty much how every week ended up being, even though at the beginning of the week, I'm like, I'm going to get my weekend this week. I'm going to get a weekend. And yeah, I was working every weekend because I was lazy earlier in the week. So managing or, you know, making your own hours sounds great, but can, it can also backfire. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely can relate to that because, you know, you know, as you know, like I, I do my bike ride and, you know, and then it's, it's, you know, 10 miles and then uh, 10 burpees per mile. And so that really drains me. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily paying attention how much it drains me, mm-hmm. but it really, really takes me out. Um, and so now I try to do that at the, like the end of my day. Um, which is also funny because that's prime heat time because it's like around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's rough. <laughs> you know, I've, and I've so been there. that's rough. <laughs> right. And so then I've noticed too, as well, is that um then I noticed that I wasn't hydrating enough in between days. So it's like I but it's it's been so great though, because it's like I'm monitoring, you know, every single thing and, you know, how I spend my time and my consumption from food, from water and everything. And so now I can really pay attention to and how to get the best out of myself, um, you know, when doing something. And I'm still making adjustments. And I, I don't, to me, first, I don't really think it ends. You know, you definitely get, you have to continuously go, but I'm still making adjustments and stuff as I go um, because those burpees, uh, first of all, if uh, can you guys figure out who created burpees and send them my number because uh, <laughs> got something for them, <laughs> right? I need to send them a little gift. <laughs> um, but no, those burpees are rough, and then especially if it's you know 90 degrees outside too in South Florida, um, as you're riding a bike, and so but yeah, it um, all that. I, but I really, really like what you said though, Sean. I really like that, you know, and, and I wrote that down that you know, do I really want to spend a hundred, two hundred dollars on watching this movie? Right. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's really, really a phenomenal way. And I think that'll make anybody some uh, make some corrections. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and so, you know, kind of wrapping up here, um, we, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of like where you're from and, you know, your journey, and, you know, how, you know, you, um, I'm not even going to call it a late bloomer, but, uh, you know, you was a, a a uh, a seasoned um, seasoned veteran um, here, but even starting with the journey, as you know, same with I. Um, what's what's next for you? I know you just say you started this podcast uh, and everything, but what's what's something? Okay, here we go. What's next, and how can I and the listeners help you get there? So I, I'm not sure. <clears throat> so there's two paths that I could possibly go. Like I, I know what I want to be next. So eventually I do see myself being full-time. I don't want to even want to say YouTube creator. Let's just call it content creator because that involves YouTube. And as you know, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, you know, courses, books, merchandise, like the whole thing, right? Eventually I do see myself there. I just don't know when that's going to be because uh, I do feel like I need. So again, the, the we've talked about it, but the history of my career is small startup for a year and a half year and a half of independent contracting. And then now I'm at another startup uh, for the past two, three months. So that's kind of my career in a nutshell right now. I don't have that big name on my resume yet. You know, insert company here, whatever major company that everybody knows is. 
I feel like if I get that on my resume, that's going to open up so many doors for the future that, you know, who knows, uh, but that also provides a lot of credibility towards my content creation, right? You know, ex Apple engineer creating content, right? That, that has a lot of credibility. I'm not saying it has to be Apple, but you know, ex big company engineer. So uh, I don't know if the next step, because this content creation thing is going well, I've only been at it for about a year and a half. I think I'm 26K subs on YouTube and all that stuff. So it's going very well. And I'm just now shifting my focus to building the business around it. Like I mentioned, the ebook coming out, uh, merchandise, courses, that kind of stuff. So if that business takes off, it's going to be really hard not to just go full-time content creation because I think you're doing a bit of that as well. It's really, really fun to build something that's yours and it's kind of like around you and your knowledge and your, your product that you're putting out. Um, right. You know, anytime you're building your own business, it's 10 times better than building somebody else's business in, in my mind. Um, so that's intoxicating and that's like very, very attractive. But again, I still feel like I need that or I want that chapter in my career at a big company because a not just for the credibility i know i led with that but when you're working at a small startup that's a completely different development environment you know because basically i work from zero to launch like i'm um, file new new project to launching the mvp whereas at a big company that's a mature product with millions of users that's a completely development environment a completely different development environment that i have no experience with so i feel like i need that experience in my career so it's a long-winded way of saying I'm not sure what's next. It's either going to be full-time content creation uh, or big company. So the way you can help with the full-time content creation is to check out the YouTube channel, check out the podcast, uh, subscribe if you like it. I mean, I'm not, I don't want charity subscriptions, uh, but if you genuinely enjoy the content, you know, a subscription can help uh, and keeping an eye out for any future products. Yeah, for sure. Um, and well, I got, I got two things for you and we'll, the first thing I will talk about off, off air, but let me ask you this. If you could name, give me, give me two companies for sure that you would definitely want to work with if you have the opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. Give me two companies that you would definitely want to work for if you had the opportunity. Uh, Apple and Coinbase. It was easy. Okay. <laughs> so, um, it, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a few connections with, uh, right. Apple. and so we'll, we'll definitely try you know, where we can on our, on our end to make sure to happen. Got listeners. If you guys are, um, if you uh, guys, or even work for Apple, um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, referral definitely helps and goes a long way and is also appreciative. And, you know, I can speak to, like I said, I've been following his journey for a while. So, you know, I'm not going to bring anybody on a podcast that's, you know, doesn't want to steer you right or do right, or, you know, have the work ethic or the commitment or whatever. And so, you know, you can take my word for it, um, you know, as well. And so real quick, in and before even, you know, let the people know, man, where they can follow you. If they can, um, you know, DM you, email you, just in case somebody does have that connection. Uh, yeah. So the best place to get a hold of me is Twitter. I'm obsessed with Twitter. Uh, but it's at Sean Allen, S-E-A-N-A-L-L-E-N underscore dev uh, on Twitter. And I, I like to take pride in, in this back to us being fans of Gary V. And I answer 99% of my mentions, my, my DMs, my emails, uh, my comments on my YouTube channel. Like if you go to one of my videos, pretty much every comment is going to have uh, a reply. So I'm very good about engaging the community. So even if, you know, I would appreciate the referral, don't get me wrong. Um, but if you just have a general questions and you actually want to ask a question, feel free to ask away. I'm, I'm pretty good at responding. Not big enough yet to where it's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and it, what's funny is I do the same thing. And so like, uh, you know, in, in my, my channel is, you know, like almost on stuff on Instagram. Um, and so I respond to like every DM, try to respond to every comment, you know, whatever it may be. 
anybody asks questions, I made it, you know, very, very clear. You guys can DM me. I don't care. If, and don't feel like it's the dumbest question whatsoever. Just ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I've, I've had people ask me questions. I turn into a podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> um, I hear you. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, um, I, I definitely, I definitely think I, I'm like, I do the same thing. Um, one, one quick one quick clarification though about i, I the reason i said 99 percent is because the one percent i don't answer are many people will copy paste their entire code bit this is an exaggeration but a huge chunk of code and be like i have a bug can you fix it and it's just like what <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a half hour to dig in and figure out what's going on and then try to like what so those really detailed coding questions that like i have to go into your project and like like i just can't do that. I don't have the time. I get, I honestly get about six or seven of those a day. And it's just, it would be like a full-time job trying to debug everybody's problems. So the clarification on that is if it's a quick question that I can answer off the top of my head in five, 10 minutes, happy to do it. So what's funny is, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if y'all, but uh, we had a, uh, one of my uh, great, a good friend of mine's uh, a mentor as well, uh, Justin Dawkins with Google. Uh, he did a three-part series on seven habits of highly successful developers. And mm-hmm. so that was one of the things that we talked about, like, you know, you know, ask, you know, ask out, you can reach out to people, but be respectful of their time. Like, and that's exactly what we said. It's like, don't be that guy, you know, where you copy, you know, code line one from 232. Right. <laughs> exactly. like, you know, and like, oh, I can't figure this out what I do, you know? So uh, one, of, one of the things I've learned, like, it's funny, Jim Rohn was talking about this, is that the steps I go about now is, is whenever I'm dealing with something is the first thing is how can I solve myself? Um, you know, how can I figure out myself? I'll figure it out myself. If I can't figure it out, what can I read, you know, or listen to, to help me figure it out? Um, if I can't figure it out from there and then I'll go to, you know, what can, who can I ask? Um, and so it's funny now because I really get to number three, you know, I, I really get to number three and I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. and it's, it's not a Bosner thing, but you know, it's, I'm getting better of, you know, finding a solution and stuff myself, you know, yeah, yeah. with Google. Um, one of my favorite memes is <laughs> people posted, uh, the guy looking like, he's looking like super confused. Like, you know, the people that built Google couldn't Google how to solve their errors. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That is funny. And, uh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and so, you know, Michelle, man, I really, really, really appreciate, uh, you know, you know, everything you've done up until this point. Um, and I'm excited to what you're going to accomplish, you know, over the next couple days, weeks, months, years. Um, and so I really think it's been uh, your story, man. It's well, I'll say this. Um, when the Sean Allen biopic come out, um, I am claiming <laughs> the executive producer. Um <laughs> I um uh, <laughs> I'm putting this out in the air now. And so definitely, definitely I need to be the first person to contact that I'll be reaching, I'll be representing Sean here. <laughs> well, Marla, I appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. And uh yeah, so for those that don't know, I, I have never spoken to Marlon before this podcast. Uh, we had interacted a little bit on social media, but uh even from the little 15 minute pre-conversation, I could tell we were gonna get along fine. And uh yeah, we have a lot in common, it sounds like. So feel like I made a new friend. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome too in the dev community, you know, because it's yeah. like, especially when like when you're coding and you're learning stuff, like I, I've always said that it, coding can be very, very lonely at times, mm-hmm. you know? And so you might just want to talk about just like, watch this, you, you got friends that you, you just talked to about basketball stuff, you know, right, you yeah. got talk about dev stuff, you got friends you talk about with girl stuff, like whatever you have those friends in it. And so 
I love graining a uh, new fan in, in the dev community, you know, because it it's so widespread and can be lonely. You know, he's across the country. I'm across the country. But we are here together on the 100 Day <laughs> Code podcast. I'm excited. Um, so, Sean, man, uh, once again, man, uh, just give the people where they can find you, uh, just in case the slackers out there wasn't listening before. Give it to them one more time where they can find you. At. Uh, yeah, YouTube.com slash Sean Allen. That's where I put out all my content. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm really trying to grow my Instagram. So I guess you asked, what can you do for me? I'm trying to trying to build that up. So that's both at Sean Allen underscore dev uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And go follow him uh, on all platforms. We'll link all those two. He, he's going to have like 76 links in the uh, show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, it's all it's all great stuff. Uh, all great content. Um, and it's going to help. You know, it's especially if you're if you're looking to be an iOS developer, it's really, really going to help you. You know, you no know, matter what you're doing, you definitely get some out of it. But if you're looking to be an iOS developer, definitely, 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 you know, pretty much, you know, put this in your, your tool belt to, uh, you know, help them get through your journey. And so, guys, girls, if you don't follow me, uh, first of all, it's quite disrespectful. Uh, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, you know, follow me on Instagram. That's mostly where I am active at. Uh, Instagram is Marlon dot avery that's m-a-r-l-o-n dot avery um cold podcast on um, cold podcast on instagram hey sean what's this man i um the twitter on cold podcast has really really like i don't know what happened but like it's been like a month or so and it's like mm-hmm. it's like 800 followers i feel like this a lot but i i'm not in i'm not like engaged on it as much nowhere near like it's literally one two tweets a week yeah um, yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of like linking, like where to go listen to it and stuff like that. But like eight hundred followers, and so I guess that's uh, it's pretty good, yeah. For yeah, for not not on it and engaging, right? Yeah, and so I think it's just reasons to get off my hiney. And oh yeah, wait, we're work, quick. Man. So I I made this. And I meant to say this earlier, but I made this statement too that I put this out. I said it was like two weeks ago. I said I did uh, thirty five hours of coding. Uh, 35, 35, 40 miles on the bike, uh, 300 burpees, um, and it was something else. And I said, I feel like I'm slacking. <laughs> and I got, like, the wave of torture coming my way. Like, yeah. what? Like, like I kind of mentioned it earlier. I, I kind of did this, a similar thing. <laughs> right. It is like, yeah. But, you know, but it's, that's also personal growth. Like, I feel like I can get better. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably, like, same thing for you. Like, I feel like there's ways and stuff I can, you know, increase as my, my productivity, you know, my skill set as a developer. There's tons of ways I feel like I can do that, you know, and I look yeah, forward it, to it. The way I looked at it was when I called myself lazy and everybody, I got a little bit of backlash. Uh, It's just because I know, like, not everybody knows what I do every day. And it's just like, I know I'm leaving stuff on the table. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what bothers me. You know, if I was like giving it my all, like I wouldn't say I'm lazy, but it's like, I know I'm leaving opportunities to create more and do more on the table. And that's why I was like, I've been been a little lazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely relate. So it's, it's no, it's no, like, it's no, you know, stab or jab at anybody else you know it's just it's an internal check-in that's it's mm-hmm. all it is and so for the for the for the people out there in my dms uh you know it's all love though appreciate you guys so um but yeah um sean man it's been a pleasure it's been an honor uh a total reward you know for me also for the listeners and stuff man so definitely want to appreciate your time um and guys go uh go give sean a follow uh 
tell them, um, you know, you learn from and heard them on the podcast, you know, tell them you appreciate it. And um, yeah. And with that, guys, we are out. See ya. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to jump in there or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Right. Oh, man. Sean, definitely appreciate that, man. It's a yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. Great combo. Um, yeah. And as like I said, man, we, we definitely uh, we, we got to exchange numbers. Uh, you know, exchange numbers. And uh, I, sh- I shoot you mine on Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, we'll figure yeah, out how no. we can help each other on the specific platforms. Yeah, for sure, man. And so with with uh, two things with Apple, um, I, I definitely have I have a couple I have like three. I have like three uh, pathways to Apple. And so I reach out to all three and see, the, you know, what could happen. And it's, it's well, well hold, hold off on it. Cause I'm not, I I'm pretty much committed to this company until Q1. Like we're launching in Q1. Um, and just the way I am, like I'm, I'm going to launch this product, right? Like I'm in the trenches, I'm building it. Like, so I'm not going to be looking again or ready for that next step until, you know, probably early 2019. Uh, I just don't want you to like reach out and kind of burn that contact um, too soon. Well, so this is because I I went I went through the Apple process. I I literally had four interviews with Apple, mm-hmm. and so I, it's probably still a good time to reach out because yeah. I mean I've really, interviewed with them before. Um, yeah, they I really, really switch it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I'm mean, don't get me wrong. I do whatever you feel is right, but I just didn't want it to. I just wanted to let you know my timeline. That's all. Yeah, for sure. No, no, for sure. And uh, and then with the Home Depot thing. Um, so from what I've learned that Home Depot, they have a specific, uh, like a technology where it's like where the build, well, like where the, uh, the builders come in, they need like wood and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They need wood and everything. And so they need like specialized cut wood and all this stuff. And so Home Depot has built their own algorithm and their own software to show like the, uh, the contractors and stuff and help them like determine, you know, what type of wood they need based on the project or what size they need based on a project. And so from how, from this service, they're like, just for the service alone, they're like making millions mm-hmm. of working with different construction companies and contractors and all this stuff. And so they're ramping up their, uh, their dev team heavily because they want to make some scale um, with it. But you said that was Android specifically and like, why not iOS as well? No, 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 neither. There's just a dev. So it's like iOS, Android, uh, full stack, you know, no, 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 I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, I oh okay. I did. the, the way I heard it, I must've heard it wrong. I, th- I thought you said they're specifically ramping up Android. Oh yeah. I thought, no, I thought no, that's they, what you said. No, they, they, they're on a hiring tangent. Like I, I got a buddy, he literally had one interview and they got, he got hired. <laughs> are, they do, are they doing native apps or like some sort of cross-platform stuff? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they are, they're really, really uh, like ramping it up. Um, and it's funny because Home Depot did the number Home Depot. IBM did this like two years ago. Mm. Um, and I just find out why, because they just revamped their weather channel app. Um, uh, or rebuild uh, certain algorithms, stuff like that as well. So Home Depot is kind of going through the same thing right now. That's right. They're based out of Atlanta, right? Yeah. So yeah, one of their main offices, yeah, is, is yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, they got like two, they got like two campuses there. And they got one where most of the developers at. It's uh it's right over there by the Bray Stadium. Um, they yeah. another it's small. It's in the city called Kennesaw. Um, so yeah. But yeah, man. Um, again, man, what 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 are you what are you doing for us today, Sean? Um, probably gonna nap and then go play ball. Balls <laughs> at well, it's it's about three forty right now, and then uh, yeah. balls at balls at five. So got like an hour and a half to kill. Um, 
I might see, this is the thing, like I, I had a video to make today, but the way my video shooting is like, I can't film at night. Like I don't have the lighting for it. So right. my, again, I have a, a balcony. So it's like a giant like window. Um, so I use that for my natural light. And once like the natural light goes, it's like, oh, I can't film. So I think my day's gotten to the point where I'm not gonna be able to film, which is fine. But right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, probably just nap ball and be lazy the rest of the day. It's been a good day though. Apple event, podcast, basketball. Chill. Which I'm about to, well, actually, I'm gonna go meet up. Uh, I'm gonna go meet up with my uh, my pastor and a few. I'm gonna meet up with him, and then after when I get back, I'm gonna watch the Apple event. And so, I'm a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a I'm gonna message you on Instagram when I watch it. Yeah, so, there, there's one app that you'll know for sure what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So yeah, I want to hear your feedback on that. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, but that man, this has been great. Really, really been great. Uh, let's definitely keep the conversation going, man. Like I said, uh, you know, let's. Uh, you know, I can definitely help you like with certain Instagram strategies and stuff. And, you know, I'm pretty sure. All right. No, you can help me with different Twitter strategies, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's any way possible, man, I can definitely uh, help you do not, please do not hesitate. Um, you know? And so, yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Re reach out. We'll change numbers and then uh, we'll uh, figure out how we can help each other. Sounds good. All right, Sean. Man, have a great day, man. All right. See you, Marlon.